Welcome to Red Rank Podcast, home of the smoothest voice on Twitch. I'm your host, The Crow Show. Just a friendly reminder, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, among others. And on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, if you can do me a big, big favor, leave a star rating on the show. It helps me climb the ranks and beat that almighty algorithm. Helps me out a great deal, so please consider doing that. We have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Shrine of Secrets. We're going to talk about the little patch that went out, fixed a couple of things. I'm going to pose a couple of questions. I want you to consider a few things. Some food for thought. Is matchmaking broken right now? And another big one. Is Dead by Daylight dying? And uh, we'll get into some mailbag questions, and then we'll close it off. How does that sound? Let's get into it. So the Shrine of Secrets from February 8th through 15th has four decent perks, Detective's Hunch, Prove Thyself, Spirit Fury, and Surveillance. Detective's Hunch pairs well with a map if you are anticipating a killer who's running Ruin ruin and Undying or maybe even Noed. Detective's Hunch shows all of the killer's equipment. Uh, as well as hooks and chests anytime a generator is fixed. If you're holding a map, it adds those items to your map, so you can just view them at all times. It's a pretty it's a pretty decent perk. It's a pretty good counter to, to the Ruin Undying meta, which is still pretty strong. Prove Thyself is a Dwight teachable. You should probably level up Dwight because he has some good teachables, but if you want to skip it, Prove Thyself is okay. Uh, Spirit Fury... It's a decent perk. It, it, it's for very specific killers, so it'll be good on, like, Pig or Legion, Wraith. I've seen people use it on, like, Bubba. Um, it's a very specific perk. Uh, it, it's not great, though. Uh, surveillance, also a very situational perk. I'm not a big fan. Some people enjoy it. I think there are better information perks out there. So that's a Shrine of Secrets from February 8th through 15th. A little patch went out today. Um... Boil over got nerfed, and there's some nurse fixes as well. So some of you may be aware that boil over uh, also received like a uh, a pretty hard nerf. It was a perk that could be exploited by survivors under very specific conditions, and usually with at least one person working with them. It was really annoying. Survivors could run to certain areas of certain maps, and it would be next to impossible to put them on a hook after putting them in the dying state. So behavior has made a a major change that um, no longer gives that 25% wiggle progress when the killer drops from great height while carrying a survivor. Now you only get 33% of the current wiggle progression. So in order to get a 25% bonus, you have to be almost completely wiggled off anyway. I think it's around 75% or something like that. It's even when it was buff i don't think it was actually that good um like a lot of perks when they get a buff usually it takes us about a week to adjust and once i saw Boilover gamer i just knew to look for hooks before picking them up and i just carried them to the nearest hook and they would get zero value out of boil over anyway nurse has had some issues with their blinking like not being able to uh, lunge attack after their second blink for example maybe even on their first difficulty blinking through certain objects items on the map through walls um i don't know i just saw a tiktok from my friend g sucks where they actually got stuck uh in the grab animation they just couldn't move the rest of the round so nurse fixed question mark perhaps (laughs) last week we talked about how the meta is changing 
with the perk Dead Man's Switch getting a, a pretty notable buff. Dead Man's Switch, the way it works is anytime you hook a survivor for the next 45 seconds, Dead Man's Switch becomes active. It proc. And anytime uh, in that time period, if there's a survivor working on a generator and they let go of it, the entity blocks that generator for the remainder of Dead Man's Switch. So you could combine Dead Man's Switch with the really good, what I think is the best pound-for-pound gen slowdown perk, Pain Resonance. Now, Corrupt Intervention, probably about equal, but with Pain Resonance, um, if you put a survivor on a Scourge hook and you have Pain Resonance, it blows up the generator that has the most progress. And if there's a survivor working on that generator, they scream and the killer sees their aura. And uh, as a result of them screaming, they technically let go of the generator and then Dead Man's Switch blocks the generator. So it's a really, really annoying combination, Dead Man's Switch and Pain Resonance. I struggled with how to counter that until I played versus that build a few times, like maybe two or three times. Basically, all you need to do is if you're a survivor working on a generator and you know the killer has that combination... All you have to do is let go of the generator before that person gets hooked. Now, about, I want to say a second and a half, maybe two seconds before a survivor gets hooked, you do see their aura. And if you know kind of where they went down, you can see their aura as they're about to be put on a hook. So that's your cue to let go of the generator. Let the generator blow up through pain resonance and then just get back on the generator, start fixing it. And as long as you don't let go, the killer won't get any value out of dead man switch that's how you counter that there are some some certain killers very mobile killers will pressure you off but for now you deny the killer that information by doing that simple gesture behavior also did a thing in the recent patch they added some hook spawns in the rpd library which was being exploited by pretty much every survivor who plays rpd myself included i did this once and i felt really bad about it there are i believe two hook spawns on the upper level of the library which I believe is the, the third floor <laughs> in the in that particular map. The map design is terrible for Dead by Daylight when it comes to the RPD map. Now, the thing is, if the killer puts a survivor on a hook up there in the library, the killer can body block and make sure that no survivor can grab that survivor off of a hook. So they can essentially face camp them to death, and there's nothing other survivors can do. It's I, I watched Scott Jund... He posted a YouTube video about it earlier today. I watched that. And it's really ridiculous. It's like a really bad oversight. <laughs> the library was being abused by survivors. So now instead of the library being abused by survivors, it's going to get abused by killers. Um, it's really unfortunate. I don't know how they're going to fix this other than just to disable RPD and just leave it until they rework some things. In the past, there was rumored that RPD was going to be broken up literally broken into two different maps, maybe multiple different maps, maybe like Bad Ham and only certain sections would be available, not like the entire map the way it is right now. It's it's so ridiculous. I think we can all agree RPD sucks. And this fix that behavior put through to add hooks so that killers can exploit it, it's such a bad oversight. Let's move on to the next topic. It's a question of the day. I want you to consider this. You've probably, if you're listening, you've probably played Dead by Daylight this week. But let me know: is matchmaking broken for you right now? Because I think it's broken. 
there's something going on. My cues are pretty much instant for a survivor, even during like times where I used to have to wait, you know, five to seven, ten minutes for a game as survivor. I'm getting into games right away. And when I get into lobbies, I do check profiles, especially like if they're on if they're on Steam, I can check their profile. And about half of the time I'll be able to see their total hours played. I'm witnessing a lot of really inexperienced players as killer and survivor. Now I'm talking about killers who proxy the first hook. And no, I'm not talking about killers in the quote-unquote competitive scene. (laughs) I'm talking about killers with less than 200 hours in this game. Now for context, I just passed 2300 hours on Dead by Daylight. I'm pretty good like in the in terms of like the MMR on Survivor, not that it matters, but I'm probably somewhere in the middle of the pack, upper middle pack. I'm not as high as uh, you know, the highest of the high. Apparently it doesn't take much to get there, but honestly, I don't escape very much. I'm always running around being an idiot and teabagging killers, and that usually gets me killed. <laughs> so, but I'm seeing a lot of survivors with like level two perks. It kind of indicates they lack a good perk build for that survivor they're playing, probably because they just haven't played the game as much as me and anybody else probably listening to this podcast. And they're usually really inexperienced and bad players. They'll farm you off hooks. And if you're like, what is that? That's where they run to the hook. They grab you off the hook right in front of the killer. Killer turns around, whacks you. You go down because that survivor didn't have borrowed time. Or they'll grab you off the hook and they'll run the other way without taking any hits for you. So you turn around and if you're a cracked gamer like me, you're not using Sprint Burst or Dead Hard, Life. You're just at the mercy of uh, whether the killer is going to play like a tournament huntress um, or if they're going to be nice. And more often than not, they're not going to be nice. They don't have to be. Let's face it. They don't have to be. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I've been playing a lot of new people playing with and against new people there was one game the other night on my twitch stream twitch.tv slash the crow show where i went up against a huntress and she'd put us on a hook and she'd just stand in front of the hook with a hatchet ready to throw i'm like oh okay so this person uh, obviously watches watched uh swish's tournament and nothing personal but I-, I could only make it through like one match two matches maybe in the background it was so boring competitive dvd is so boring to me man standing right in front of hooks with a hatchet ready to throw and i'm like oh my god this is a wannabe tournament huntress okay dude awesome uh and of course uh, i'm solo queue all the time so i'll get three teammates kind of lurking around the hooks not doing generators not taking hits not not having borrowed time and just farming each other off hooks (laughs) anyway i got to the end of that game i think i did escape and i checked the person's profile and they had i under 200 hours so it's not that they watched a tournament for dead by daylight they just don't know any better they just i used to do that when i first started playing the game i'd get somebody on a hook and i'd face camp i'd kind of wouldn't leave the area (laughs) so um new players don't really realize the ins and outs of this game and like how that's bad manners and how there's three other players you could be chasing and a lot of the time these killers they have stuff like barbecue and chili or thrilling tremors they've got like information perks where they're like they could track the next person or they've got ruin up like ruin level two (laughs) and they're not pressuring gens it's really silly there's something going on with matchmaking i think it's broken right now and i'll be curious to see if behavior releases any 
information to us, whether they've accidentally disabled MMR or deliberately disabled it, or if something is broken in the system, I swear. Because it's very weird that I'm getting like very fast queue times for survivors during sort of off-peak hours of the game. So to me, that just suggests that I'm being put with inexperienced people to make games go quicker. And I don't know how I feel about that. I've got mixed feelings. Yes, I want to play the game, but I want to play with players that are half competent at this game. And I'm sadly, I'm just not getting that these days. Time to tackle the big question of the day. Is Dead by Daylight dying? Is the game dying? You've probably seen whispers of this, shouts of this in Dead by Daylight streams, probably seen it on Twitter. You've probably even seen the picture that I'm looking at right now. So if you go to the website, what's it called? Steam Tracker? What is it called? Let me find it out. Steamcharts.com. You can type in any game in Steam run a search, and see some very basic statistics. You'll see month by month the average players in that are playing Dead by Daylight, whether that number goes up or goes down, the percentage it goes up or goes down, and also the peak players um, for the month. So I'm going to run you through some dates. I'll try to paint a picture for you. Let's jump in a time machine together. Let's go back to March of 2021. March 30th is when Trickster and Yeonjin were released to Dead by Daylight. That was a very big, very happy time for many people. And I think it's kind of reflected in in that uh, in the fact that we do see some steady growth starting in April. In April 2021, Dead by Daylight. Now this is Steam only. This does not factor in consoles or Epic Game Store or Google Stadia. This is just Steam. But I believe Steam is probably the most popular platform for Dead by Daylight. April 2021 had an average of 37,000 players with a peak of 55,000. That's not a very huge number. That's just where we're starting. And then May of 2021, the next month, we, we go up by 3,000 average players. And then in June, that number skyrockets a little bit. We go, to, we see a, a gain of 8,000 average players, seeing a 20% increase in the player base on Steam. And then in July, a very big jump, the biggest jump in this time period, the, in the whole conversation we're having, we saw an average player base of 62,000 players. And that was a percentage gain of 28% from the previous month. That's crazy. That's a lot of people. You're probably wondering, what caused that jump? So let's break it down by month here. I mentioned earlier, March 30th, Trickster and Yunjin came out. April of 2021, we started to see a, a bit of a climb. Now, June 15th is when the Resident Evil chapter, Resident Evil chapter came out. So June 15th, that's when the game started to really take off. Resident Evil was out and that was a really big deal. It's still a big deal. So yeah, in, in July of 2021, the average players went, up, went from 48,000 to 62,000. The peak players, uh, the, the peak number of players playing on Steam was 96,000. Now, after that hype started to die down from the Resident Evil chapter, in August, we saw a pretty significant dip in average players. We went from 62,000 average players down to 51,000 average players, dipping 18% in just one month. And then the next month, September, had approximately the same number of average players. No real big change there. And the average players has steadily declined since October 2021. In October 2021, we saw an average of 50,000 players. Now, for reference, 
in January, which was just last month, we saw an average of 39,000 players. Now, what is that? Um, That's a dip of about 20% of the player base in four months. That's significant. That is very significant. So we went from October having 50,000 average players down to 39,000 average players. And the thing is, I don't see this number changing. I I think we should start to get worried a little bit. (laughs) A lot of people are really excited for the ring chapter, which comes out next month. We should see the PTB probably in about two, three weeks. The ring chapter is not going to save Dead by Daylight. Listen to these games that are being released this month and next month. Horizon Forbidden West comes out on February 18th. That's a really big title. Destiny 2 The Witch King as a DLC for Destiny 2. That comes out February 22nd. Elden Ring is going to take over the lives of many gamers on February 25th. That's just in a couple of weeks. Assassin's Creed Valhalla has a DLC pack coming out on March 10th. Grand Theft Auto 5, which is a juggernaut in gaming. The PS5 and Xbox Series X versions come out on March 15th. And Ghostwire Tokyo comes out on March 25th. So in the span of like the next month, month and a half, there's some massive games coming out. And there will be Dead Dead by Daylight players who stop playing DVD so they can play the new Horizon Zero Dawn. You can play Destiny 2, Elden Ring. It's going to take over. <laughs> so I think that the a lot of people are obviously a lot of people are really excited for the ring chapter. I'm excited, but I think we're going to continue to see steady decline of the player base. I'm, I'm worried about what it's going to do for us. I think we're probably going to be losing a lot of talented players. They'll probably come back. But answer me this. If you're listening to Dead by Daylight, if you're listening to a Dead by Daylight podcast, how often do you play Dead by Daylight? And also, do you plan on playing any of these games that are coming out? Are you playing through other games right now? Like, I bought Sifu the other night. I've been playing that the last two nights. I haven't been playing DVD. Haven't put out any TikToks for for DVD. I've just been playing Sifu. (laughs) So there's already like a lot of really good games out there competing for our attention. And it's only going to get worse this month. So I'll be interested to see what our February numbers look like. But I believe this, the average player base is going to continue to decline big time. I don't think it's the end of Dead by Daylight. I don't think it's the end. It's just it's just not going to be as popular. And we see this. We see this all the time with a lot of big games. So I just wanted to pose that question to you, provide some numbers to you. Tell me if any of this makes sense or if I just sound like a complete idiot. You be sure to let me know on Discord or Twitter on my Twitch streams. Okay, so as promised, anytime uh, people want to ask me questions, there's a there's a section in the Discord for mailbag questions. So we got a couple good questions this week. I thought I'd answer them. These questions came courtesy of Casted Ember. Welcome in to the family. Thanks for keeping the Discord super active and fun. And uh, as always, you know, when you go to post, please make sure you're posting in the right categories. <laughs> Dino and me have had to be super cops on that stuff so cassid ember asks do you like pickles yes i love uh garlic pickles um it's one of my favorite snacks i'll just go into the fridge grab two or three of them throw them in uh on a tiny little plate take them back to my room eat while i work or play games i love pickles and i love pickles on sandwiches burgers 
Yeah, load them up. Uh, Cassid Ember also asks, do you think DVD should stop adding new perks? Because there's already a ton. This is a great question. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I believe behavior should pump the brakes on delivering new content in terms of like new chapters so that they can work on some quality of life um, patches for their game. They should really just... Now, the thing is, during their last dev Q&A, which was probably the most memeable Q&A, the most ridiculed Q&A we've seen in the last two years, um, they said that they can balance releasing new updates and also fixing their game. I don't believe that to be correct. I would love it if they took a, a chapter off uh, to just say, hey, you know, we're going to rework perks. I know they're reworking Dead Hard. Um, sounds like they're working on Base Kit Borrowed Time. They're working on some really big things. I'd rather them get that right than give us three more mediocre survivor perks or one decent killer perk and two absolutely worthless perks. So that's my thoughts. Yes, please behavior, pump the brakes. They're just making the grind even worse, which makes it more difficult on new players when you think about it. If you're just starting Dead by Daylight and you have to spend over, man, I don't even know. I don't even know the math on how many millions of blood points you'd have to spend to get like a build like decisive strike borrowed time prove thyself and iron will four teachable perks from four different survivors it actually takes i want to say about 1.2 million to get all of the teachables on one survivor so what is that 4.8 million blood points to unlock all the teachables for Lori, jake bill and dwight we'll say roughly 4.8 million blood points and once those are unlocked you have to get all the perks all of those perks on one of the survivors that you've been working on and i've done the math on that <laughs> i have i have all the teachables unlocked it, it took me over 8 million so for a new player probably won't take as many because they won't have as many teachables but my gosh it's gonna take a while and that's uh yeah it's a lot of blood points it's ridiculous i think we're gonna end the show there i just want to thank everybody for listening we've had a number of people a number of new people popping in our podcast is getting more popular and i can measure that with like the downloads i see every day i just want to thank you very much for listening and um, you can find me streaming on Twitch every Tuesday night and Saturday morning. Times are kind of to be determined these days. You can find me on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. Just look up The Crow Show. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And one more time, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you in the fog.